Can I kick it? Come on, Brian. Come on, bro. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. What's the next? All right. Well, that's, that's him messing up the intro, not me. Welcome back to the Trying to Be Grown podcast. I'm your host, Damani Carter, and over there, and of course, the striped shirt is my esteemed co-host, Mr. Byron Keaton. You don't know nothing about a tribe called, called Quest? Absolutely not. What's the next words? I may have I may have heard the song before. Let's yes, see. you can. No, I've never heard that before in my life. You never. I don't think I've heard it. You've heard that. Everybody's heard that song, dog. Maybe you didn't sing it right or say it right. I don't know. I don't know what you're can talking I about. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Can I oh, kick I have, it? I've heard, I've yeah, heard that, that. There you go. There you go. Why would I just immediately think of that? Because that's what everybody would think of. Everybody that has heard and knows that song, as soon as you say, can I kick it, they would know the response is, yes, you can. What song did that, what year did that song come out? I don't know, probably late 80s, early 90s. Not hey, bro, probably early 90s, probably early 90s. When was I born? When was I born? 97. I don't care. Right, it's then. a great piece of music, man. That's all I got to say. What year did Living on a Prayer come out? I don't know. That's a classic. It, so you're going to get, uh, hold on, hold on. Now this this we really got to dive into. So you're going to give it up to that as a classic. But no, a tribe called Quest can't produce those classics. Is that what you're saying? What's the difference? No. Is it the artist? No, it's a Guitar Hero. One was on Guitar Hero, one wasn't. No, you said it was a classic. You didn't say it that is it a was classic. on Guitar Hero. You said it was a classic. So, But why do I know that classic? No, 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 no. You said it was a classic. You you distinguished by saying it was a classic. So is one a classic and one not because yep. of the type of the person that, that's singing it? Is that what it is? Nope. Nope, cause I know some Tupac hmm. songs. I know nah, some Tupac and Biggie songs. Seems like it's like a little bit of racism Tupac, in there. Were Tupac and Biggie before I was born? Yes. Do I know their songs? Yes. For example, I know Changes. But you Did that come out before a, I was born? You said it's a classic. Can I Kick It is not a classic. I'm here to double down on it. I'm here to double down on it. It is 100% a classic. I, I wish you wouldn't platinum. double down on it. Because you're the platinum. last person that need to be, uh, especially just your demographic, the last person that need to be saying, that's not a classic. You know what a classic is? Living on a Prayer. Living on a Prayer is a classic. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying if you're distinguishing one from the other as a classic. Did it go platinum? Mm. I don't know, man. It sounds like you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it alone. You've already you've done enough to alienate yourself uh we appreciate y'all for rocking with us wherever you rocking with us uh apple podcast youtube spotify google podcast um this is a little bit more consistent it's been about two weeks since we dropped but we are back we're back at it with a lot of great um stuff to talk about today we or i guess i will have it time stamped in the description so you can see something you like see something you don't Fast forward or rewind as you please. Um, we're going to start off talking about this Deion Sanders situation. Um, that's been big topic of, of uh, public conversation, especially among the black community in the last week or so. Um, and then we are going to get into... Ooh, I said I was going to remember, bro. What's the, what's the next thing? No, you got it. You said you remember. So let's see. I know. Um, oh, I remember. Christmas salutations for your your old 
partners? Is it a yes? Is it a no? Is there a decorum? Is there an etiquette? So we'll talk about that. Um, and then we will talk about something else that I remember. Oh, uh, your Spotify wrapped or your Apple Music replay. What does it say about you, if anything? Uh, Byron's got some, some strong thoughts on this because of some inconsistencies in my uh, Apple Music replays over the last couple of years, but I'm not I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm prepared for that. So let's go ahead and uh, Byron, you want to give a brief overview of the Deion Sanders situation for those who may not know. Yeah, so Deion Sanders, formerly the Jackson State University head football coach, um, recently took a job at Color- University of Colorado in Boulder, and so there has been some backlash. Um, over the past week or so, saying that Deion Sanders kind of left Jackson State and the HBCU football programs as a whole um, kind of out to dry because he had some earlier statements, I guess, at some point during the last three years at Jackson State that he had a calling from God that he was supposed to save HBCU football or something like that. Um, And so people are now saying that he just kind of used HBCU and like their fan base and all that to just move himself forward in life. And so whether or not that's right or wrong, I guess that's what we, what we are here to discuss. Mm. I'm not, I wish I, well, I guess I could go find the exact quote and I might do that while, while you're giving your two cents. But um, I know he said God sent him. Um, I'm not sure if the save HBCUs is exactly how he worded it. That's that's definitely the sentiment that was um, that was expressed in what he said. Um, but yeah, that's pretty pretty good synopsis of what's going on. Um, now, I've gone kind of back and forth on this. I've gone from a hundred percent you know he's fine doing what he's doing uh makes no sense for there to be any criticism of him whatsoever um then i actually heard one of my favorite sports writers bamani jones he was on cnn and he gave kind of a different perspective that i hadn't thought about a little bit um just talking about some things that you know just in terms of his rhetoric uh, what he said he was going to do versus what he's uh, what he ended up doing that I think there 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 are some relevant criticisms and I've actually walked back a little bit from there um, just thinking about what what I've seen since then um, and there's still a lot of people talking about it. I think the thing I want to say first and foremost is that I love his response to all this. He's unbothered. He is completely unbothered. The last video I saw of him, he was critiquing a coffee shop in uh, in Boulder when he was up there for a basketball game or something, and he was saying that it was just an A- minus instead of an A because they didn't have grits. There's a pancakes with thicker than the sole of Air Force One. So he's, I promise you, he's not worried about nothing <laughs> that nobody has to say, or at least he's hiding it well if he is. Um... Yeah, Byron, I'll let, I'll let you start off because my thoughts are organized, but I'm kind of everywhere. Yeah, so um, I'm all for everything that he's done. Um, some of the criticisms are that he left him, 
left him out high and and dry, but I feel if we look at it, we can't expect one person to fix everything. We can't expect someone to be perfect. And at the end of the day, no matter what, whether he – I think one of his football players, old football players, stated that if he left in 10 years rather than he leaving now, there still would have been criticisms of Deion Sanders. And I believe that is 100% true. No matter – only way that he wouldn't have been criticized – is if he never left. And he's he's went through his troubles down at Jackson State. For example, he had people come into his locker room, still all of his stuff, his chains, his money, jewelry, you name it, they, they took it from him. And this is supposed to be a guy trying to, taking money out of his pocket to help, and we don't say anything about that. We just like, keep moving forward, We don't, and we don't do anything to help him out. He gave up half of his salary just to donate back into the university and give them a better locker room. He had college day, game day come to HBC, to an HBCU game between them. I want to say Southern maybe. That may be wrong. But, for example, I don't know the last time a college game day came to an HBCU game. But college day, game day has been to Ivy League games. They have been to um, Division Two games. D1 AA. They've been to everywhere, but they, I, I have not seen them actually go to an HBCU game in my lifetime. But, and he's done all these different things, checked so many different boxes, and then when he wanted to better himself and basically, I think, quadruple his salary, it's a ba- it's he's receiving backlash after he's already given HBCU programs so much. And I just think that's unfair. I'm in agreement with you there in terms of the the unfairness and the expectation. Um, it's like you said, you know, just looking at what he's done, obviously some of the things leave with him, and that's that's um, part of what I'd say the criticism had centered on is how much of the stuff is going to leave with him. But, um, you know, he the facilities that he's, that he's built and invested in, uh, those stay. The... I'd, not even really the the infrastructure of Jackson State, but they've got foundations now that they didn't have before. Uh, they got that endorsement deal with uh, Walmart. He got the Under Armour deal. So, as assuming that those you know don't center around his involvement, uh, those probably should continue in terms of just uh, revenue streams for the university to, you know, fund its athletic programs. There are real lasting things that he did in three years that other coaches don't do. Like there's, there's, there's no looking at, you know, his time at Jackson state is anything but highly beneficial. I don't think you can, I don't think you can do that. Um, the thing that the only thing that like I'm having some trouble with, right? So when we look at coaches rhetoric, and I think Bomani Jones said it really well, he said coaches have to sell us a five year plan or a ten year plan as fans, as players, whatever, when they're only thinking one year at a time. And I think that's true. I think that's very true because you never see a coach at a press conference you know, if if they're at Eastern Michigan, and I don't even know who the head coach of Eastern Michigan is right now, 
you never hear them say, you know, I'm trying to do this job as well as I can for as long as I can until I get a better one. And I'm hoping I get a better one. They're not going to say that at the press conference. They're going to talk about, you know, building the program and where it's going to be. Um, but, you know, that's that's selling us that five, ten-year plan when they're only thinking one year at a time. I think in his situation, that selling that five, ten-year plan was a little bit more problematic because of what was at stake. Coming from, you know, being who he is to being the head coach at HBCU, I think selling a plan to a fan base is is one thing, and it's not really problematic. I think he kind of sold a dream to the whole of the HBCU supporting community, if that makes sense. I think when he says, um, you know, God sent me here to bring change or whatever his exact wording was, we have... I think justifiably we have an expectation that he is going to, and I can't even say be devoted because I think he was devoted for, you know, for the amount of time that he was there. But I think we have a justifiable expectation that he is thinking more long-term than three years. I think when he says that, we have a justifiable expectation that he's thinking more long-term than three years. But I don't so, think he ever said that. I know, but I'm saying... Maybe say he should have saved his entire contract, but I think it's just another year. I, want, I think it was a four-year contract, if I believe, right? Right. And so if he never said that, I'm going to be here the next 20 years and become the greatest HBCU coach of all time, why are we holding him to that expectation? He has broad change to the HBCU programs. I'm not. I'm not saying that there's necessarily an expectation that we're holding them to. I'm saying that some of the frustration is justified because when somebody when somebody comes in to a program that's like a mid major, right, and they sell them a ten year dream, they leave after three because they take the team to what two ten win seasons and a nine win season. That's that's normal for coaches to do. There's not really anything to be to be frustrated with there. But I think what Dion did when he came in and sold us that ten year dream. Nope. Is he, I'm not, not going to let you call it a ten year dream because he never said ten years. If you thought ten years, that's on you. <sighs> okay. So Byron, let me let me put it to you this way. All right. If a woman came into your life and told you that God sent her sent her there to bring change and to make like a lasting impact yep. on your life. Do you think that you would expect her to stay past the three year mark or do you think that you would do you think that you would think that this was temporary? She was there for a season, as all people oh, okay. some, wait, all right. wait, 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 wait. So, wait, some people have seasons that may be twenty years. Some people have seasons that may be a month. Some people have seasons that are three months. You never know. And I'm not gonna put any time capsule on it to say, well, time limit on it, to say that I expect this person to be 10 years. I'm going to take it one day at a time and appreciate everything that is given to me. Okay. And here's 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 my response to that. I'm talking about his rhetoric and where it puts us as listeners in terms of expectation. That's what I'm doing. 
So when I'm talking about other coaches who do the same thing, I'm saying it's a little bit different when I'm saying this to, I don't know, the fan base at Rutgers. If I'm saying, you know, this is, I love this place. This is where I want to be. And then somebody bigger offers and they're gone. That That's a little bit different. When I'd say something as important and as marginalized as HBCUs are on a co- on a collegiate scale, when that's the quote-unquote fan base that you're selling it to, it's a little bit more serious when you, you do something that's inconsistent with that rhetoric. That's that's what I'm saying. And when you're saying that he's that he never directly said it, I never said that he did. But I'm saying that all coaches do that. But this one is just a little bit more important of a group that you're selling it to. Well, my other issue is the people who have these criticisms based on these expectations. A lot of these people who are tweeting about it, things like that, are people not involved in the HBCU community. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest problems with HBCU programs at this point are is basically the funding. And yep. typically funding with universities, they come from alumni and things like that. And that's the issue that HBCU programs have. They don't have the alumni funding as some of these PWIs have. And a lot of the people that are complaining here are, one, not HBC, from an HBCU program, and if they are, a lot of them aren't actually funding back into their previous their their universities and whatnot. And so, mm-hmm. if you are not donating things like that, I don't think you have a foot to stand on to criticize Dion in this situation whatsoever. Because he's done more. You're basically it wouldn't even thrown it through a glass house. You have done nothing, and he has done something for a program. And you're saying, oh, he hasn't done enough. And, I, and that's another problem that I have with this whole situation. People who aren't helping are mad at, are getting so upset and frustrated about how someone else has helped with their time, their money, and everything else. Their family. I just, I just don't like it. It rubs me the wrong way. That, I really, yeah, I'm not a fan of that either because I think a lot of times... Um, I'd say we criticize the people that help because we say, no, you should have helped this way. We should have helped, or excuse me, you should have helped in that way. I didn't like how you helped. Just this little this little piece of it is what I disagree with, even though you did, like, a whole bunch of good. So now instead of supporting you, I'm going to criticize you. I just, I don't, I don't see that. Um, if you don't think that he did exactly what he was supposed to do, at Jackson State, fine. Uh, but I think I'd be a lot more vocal about, like I said, um, you know, the sponsorships that he brought to the team, uh, him paying for all the team meals, him leveraging his uh, relationship with American Airlines so that the team could fly, um, and building a new facility both for both for the football team and for the tennis team. There's just so much. There's so much good that you could look at. But you're unhappy about just the little element that you disagree with, and that's what you focus on. And I think that's that's just a terrible way to, I'd say, encourage future just good deeds out of people because that just that that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. But that that's been going on forever. Um, 
And I think that's yeah, what made shape my opinion on this to where I, I don't feel like I can actually criticize him in this situation based on everything he's done and the little that I've done for basically any HBCU program in comparison to him. And so that's why if my opinion or on this situation differs from yours and you've been donating, you've been doing this, um, volunteering and things like that with HBCU programs, hey, you say what you want to say. But if you haven't done anything, you need to be just like me. Hmm? And I think it's a, I think it's okay to like because I have, I'd say that minor criticism that the rhetoric was a little bit inconsistent. I support him a hundred percent. I guess I I got to be at what was a hundred ninety eight percent. I support him ninety eight to ninety nine percent. Because I think there's no like you said. Uh, there's no real justification for saying, you know, him and him alone was supposed to stay and uh, sacrifice, do whatever possible to save the HBCU community. He did a bunch. He did a whole bunch. And we haven't seen, you know, the I'd say the end of it. We don't know the end of his contribution. But he had a career path that he wanted to follow. Now, the other thing to kind of mention is, did he end up at an HBCU because he didn't want to be an assistant coach and he knew yes. that he could get a head coaching opportunity? Most likely. Most likely. But regardless of the why, you look at what he did and there's no denying his positive impact. There's no there's no saying that he was in any way a negative for, for HBCU. And I think the way that people are approaching him as if, you know, that he's a sellout, which is wild, just that's, that's a wild criticism to me. Um, but all of these all of these terms we're using to describe him as if he just betrayed uh, the entirety of the black community by going to Colorado. No, no, I don't. I don't see it. But, uh, yeah, that's just me. But I'll, the last thing about it. Even when we talk about his rhetoric, as you say, if you look at the context of it, we knew this is what he wanted to do from the beginning, though. That is true. That is very true. So if you contextualize everything that he said, you could see that this was the next progression for him, whether it was at Colorado or anywhere else. Right. And he that is, that is something you definitely do have to say, is that he said um when new opportunities come he was gonna have to entertain them or some some along those lines so he's never been i'd say even he's never really wavered on that point so he's he's pretty consistently said that but the other stuff he said you know him being a godsend and it just kind of a little bit inconsistent i'm rolling with him man other thing is i think people a lot of people are saying that he's a, and this is kind of what I disagree with, uh, Pomani Jones, and a lot of people that have said this, they were talking about him being a sellout just because the salary difference is um, so great between his Jackson State salary and his uh, Colorado salary. I don't think it's really about the money for him, and of course I'm not, I'm not in his house, I'm not talking to him, so I, you know, take this for what it's worth. He's wanted the opportunity to be a Division One head coach, be a big-time head coach, coach at the highest level. So 
Jackson State, though it provides him an opportunity to coach, it provides him an opportunity to coach uh, some great football players, it doesn't provide the same opportunity just from a stage standpoint. So for him to say from the beginning, I want to be a big-time head coach, and for him to get that, that opportunity... Like like you said, it's it's consistent with what he's been saying from the jump, um, in terms of what he wants. But he never said I wanted, you know, more money. I think the monetary aspect is kind of peripheral. Being at that level, do you get paid more? Yes, but I think the no the money, no the money. It's about the money, bro. Put it like this: Why do you think it's about the money? It, it's okay. I would say seventy percent about <clears throat> the money. Because at the, end of, at the end of the day, if Jackson State countered Colorado's offer of $5 million a year, I think he stays at Jackson State. I don't think he does. No, um, I think he does, bro. I don't think he does. I really don't. I don't think he would have went to Colorado. He may have waited for a better job at like a blue blood school, but if Colorado offered him $5 million, Jackson State counter-offered with $5 million, I think he stays at Jackson State. I don't think so, because he's he's done everything that he could possibly do at Jackson State. He won a swag title. Um, I don't really, I don't he think he won at all. Any close games? He hasn't won what at all that? though. He hasn't won at all though. What do you mean won at all? No, they have one more thing. It's like one more step up, or is that no. the celebration bowl? Yeah, I mean it's the celebration bowl, but the HBCUs don't have any inclusion in the FCS playoffs so that's celebration bowl is all they can win mm. so he's won all that he could possibly win um, he's got a disproportionate amount of talent in comparison to the schools around him um, his assistants are trying to move up the ladder as well so I think maybe maybe not the Colorado job that you might have a point there. Maybe he holds out a little bit longer if he's got more money to pay his assistants, but I don't I don't think so. I don't think it's about the money because he said from the jump that he wanted the opportunity to move up to the highest level and he got his opportunity to move up to the highest level. And I don't know if you're aware, Byron, but he's he's pretty he's pretty well paid at this I know point. he's well paid, but I just think out of all the jobs out there I don't think Colorado's the best job. He can he can make a bad job great. Is I know that, but I'm just saying. Other if he waited a little bit longer, maybe a, I don't know, a a better program somewhere in the south, some somewhere he wants to be. I just don't know if Colorado's the best job. Can he get there from Colorado though? Yeah, possibly. Okay, so this it's a lot easier to step up from Colorado than it is from Jackson State, wouldn't you think? No, no, man. D- I think Deion, it's a lot easier. With Dion, it's different. Well, I think it's harder to win. Let me let me let me say that for it's harder to win at Colorado than it is at Jackson State, just because of the conference that they play in. But I think if you're looking at a coach at Colorado versus a coach at, at an HBCU, there's a little more prestige uh, associated with coaching at Colorado and that's neither here nor there it's not ideal obviously but I think it's just the truth of it 
Before we segue to the next thing, one final question. I don't want you to elaborate on it or anything, just yes or no. Can't should guarantee Arkansas, it. Should Arkansas have offered Dion the job instead of Pittman? Would our program be in a better place? I guess would be a better way to put it. Come on, brother. My favorite coach in freshman year. Don't put me in this spot. Yes or no? Bro, you're not frozen. I can see you moving still. I plead the fifth. I think they're both excellent coaches. Um, I've, I've never met Deion Sanders, but I know Coach Pitt's a great dude. Uh, you, uh, I ain't gonna put you out there. I think, I think Coach Pitt and his staff have done a great job. So I think to you know sit here and discuss whether or not another coach should have been brought in is just a little bit. No. I respect that answer. I'm behind Pitt, Coach Pitt. I think Pittman's a great coach. Mm-hmm. We can go ahead into the next thing, man. All right. Moving on to... What is it, bro? Just go ahead and... I, you know I forgot. Just go ahead and... Exus. Oh. Um, the etiquette. Or is there an etiquette? Should you do it at all? It's about that time of year. Uh, the holidays coming up. The future memes are coming out, where you, uh, you know, send her that one that's got you know, tell your mama I said hi at the end of it. Should you do it? Um, is I think this is not a straightforward question. I, I think, think it's a very straightforward question, but I feel like you're going to give a roundabout answer to it. Oh, my answer is no. You shouldn't do it. But uh, you should not do it. You should not do it. That's my answer. Care to elaborate? Um, if y'all aren't together, don't see a reason to. First of all, I barely, I barely tell people happy holidays in general. So why, in my mind, why would I tell an ex happy holidays or Merry Christmas or anything like that? It's my thinking. But two, some people are more, I wouldn't even say expressive because I don't think that's the term, but let's just use the word term expressive to where they feel the need to tell people happy holidays, go through all their friends, close friends, distant friends, just tell everyone happy holidays. Mm-hmm. Should they? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I think it also matters if you are talking to someone new. If you're dating or meeting someone new, maybe you shouldn't just because that may rub the other person the wrong way. Why are you telling your ex happy holidays and you're with me? That just seems kind of com- like you just you just want conflict if you're doing that, maybe. But I don't know. Okay. Can I pause you right there? Go ahead. Can you be friends with your exes? Sure. Would I be friends with my ex? Knowing me, probably not. Maybe. Probably, not? I don't know. For you. I'm kind of... Petty? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great word to put. <laughs> I, I'm very petty. I'm a petty person. I can admit to that, though. You know the song, I Can Be Petty Too? That was made for me. Surprised that went in my <laughs> rap top five. I'll, I'll leave that alone for now. Go ahead. But, yeah. So, 
But I don't know. Okay. Am I friends with any of my exes? I don't. I speak occasionally, but I wouldn't. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um. So my answer is yes. Yes, but there's an etiquette to it. And this is just if you're a a holiday oriented person, uh if you you know, send people happy holidays and I guess this is kind of a larger conversation about just talking to your exes in general, just like your communication with them. Um I think that there's no problem really with being cordial with people that you once were involved with and I think I agree assuming that you're doing it like not for like future main reasons like if you're not trying to you know slide your foot back in the door that it actually kind of displays that you're over it if you're able to you know have that nonchalant just friendly communication with people um just acknowledging that you know you were once really close and thought a lot of them and you know just wanting to send a holiday message i don't think it's a bad thing i really don't um and i know a lot of people would disagree with that i know a lot of people say you know if that's if that's dead you got to make sure it stays dead um wait one second imani you're looking okay you're looking at it from your point of view or my point of view what about if it's the reverse to where you may be over it, but you know that the other person's not over it? Is it still okay? Oh, if, you, if you know the other person is not over it, I think you got to. I think that's kind of a different situation. If you if you believe the other person is not over it, if they're still struggling with it, or if they still want to get their foot back in the door, and I think that's those are kind of things to be aware of. But assuming that you know you're both adults. Um, both of y'all have moved on either mentally or with another person. I think there's really no issue with it. There's no issue with just having a a friendship past that point because I think that, like I said, that's just human to be able to, you know, maintain a respectable trying to find a different word other than relationship but relationship for lack of a better word I just don't know because so okay if you know she's not over it and then she hits you with the happy holidays are you responding probably uh, I'm probably not going to respond to the next one though because if she's not over it then you're probably going to get the um, did your mom make the, you know, something else to try to get you? Are you going back re- in there? So you can, can you respond to that? Nah, I don't think you, the the rope in message is the one you got to cut it off on. You got to start sending. <laughs> Maybe if you only send one word and you know hit it with an emoji or something, try to get, try to make sure that the conversation. There's no way that she can continue it after that. But um, yeah, Our emojis yeah, I think, okay. I think that's that's the point. You got to dead it. What'd you say? Are emojis okay in your response? Yeah, I think they're okay. That's that's part of communicating via text. 
And then if you are with your girl, can you respond to the message from your ex saying happy holidays? Like with her and physically with her or just like right beside her? Yes. I think if you're not, if you don't do it because she's right beside you, then you're trying to. Nah, bro. Nope. What? Can't, can't respond. So you're going to do it behind the back is what you're saying. No, you got to leave her on red. Why you does, gotta, why you does her being right the, next to you make it? You different? gotta turn the red receipts on and leave it on red. Okay, so if she's not next to me, I can respond. But if she's next to me, I cannot respond. I feel it's more disrespectful to respond with her right next to you. How? Because if she sees you, like, why are you texting your ex? Because she know the name. She she a hundred percent knows the name. And if she see that name but pop that, up on your phone saying Happy Holidays, <clears> she first of all, why does she feel the need to text you Happy Holidays? Does she not know about me? But is that not part of transparency? Just to be the same person, or not necessarily the same person, but just be able to do the things that you do when you're not around them, around them? I hear you. I hear you. I promise I hear you. But all I'm saying is, if if you are with a girl and her ex texts her, Merry Christmas, with you on her phone, are you cool with that? Or are you going to feel some type of way about it? I'm not going to feel no type. Because if I put it to you this way, if I put my trust into a person enough to say, like, me and you, it's it's us. Why would I? That's that's not. I just think that's, that's not conducive to, you know, stuff going positively. If I can't see that and be okay. Um, my question is, would you not be okay with it? I don't know. I don't know. That's my thinking. I'm like, why are your ex texting you? But that's also how I think in general. Like, it's not many of my exes that I talk to, Damani. If you, you can think about it. Yeah, I think one. The other, okay, so this is kind of going in a different direction. But I think you gotta be cognizant of how things ended. Um, <coughs> Most of mine end pretty good, though. No, I'm just I'm I'm just saying generally, not for you. But I'm saying if things ended badly, you're probably not gonna want to send that message. Um, there's something else I was gonna say. See, that's what I'm My saying. My brain is fried. Um, go ahead. It, you had you had a response to things ending badly. If it's ended badly. One person always going to feel some type of way about it to where even though it's over with, they still. OK, I was thinking about this earlier this week. People don't like breakups because if someone breaks up with them, they are hurt by it because they aren't in control of that situation. More or less. They didn't get to end things on their terms. Whether it's cheating, whether it's someone just saying, hey, it's over. The person who is broken up with for whatever reason is hurt because they are no longer in control. And so if they are no longer in control and then the thing still had to break up, they send that other message saying, hey, it's Merry Christmas. I feel that's still them trying to get back control of the situation and get back in. Whether I'm right or wrong, I think it's still a control mechanism to where it's not over until I say it's over. But it don't have to be all that, though. It's kind of my thing. I, I guess it could be, 
but that don't. See, you're not thinking psychologically, though. I am. I'm two steps ahead. Is my thinking. No, I think you're thinking crazily, and that that brings me back to what I was about to say. I think you also got to gauge the level of crazy of your partner, because that's definitely going to affect if I respond when she next to me. Because if she's nuts, like if she's, and you know what I'm talking, like they're. In, both sides I'm not talking it's men and women uh, and everywhere in between that are you know not Christian Rock besides you no way no way <laughs> no way I, I mean I don't know her other than her public persona but that's one of the craziest public personas I've seen for like a person ever I don't know how I don't know how Blueface is dealing with that but yeah, you got to be able to think about your own health and personal safety. If texting that young woman back and telling her happy holidays is going to cause you physical and or psychological harm, leave it on real. Do what he said. Leave it on real. I'm mm-mm. You got to and you got to know that. You got to know that cuz when it happens, when she go upside your head, you knew you knew who she was when you sent that message. You knew who she was when you sent that message. So you can't be surprised. That's not the time to say, you know, this is not this is not the way things should be going. You know when you send the message if that's how it is. Demon, you sound like you're get talking from hurt. personal experience. I, I don't want my advice to get y'all hurt. You sound like you're talking from personal experience. Is that true? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> Don't send the message, y'all. That's what both of us are saying. Don't send the message. No, I'm not saying that. And can we be friends as exes? I'm I'm sick of. I mean, it don't even have to. We just can we just like have cordial relationships, like just cordial. We don't have to be friends, nothing. But I just, it's there are mutual friend groups that get put in the middle when stuff go go bad, and then we got to be awkward and weird around y'all because y'all don't want to see each other, talk to each other, that type of stuff. Don't. Don't do that. Just do your best. And I know stuff ends bad. They're extenuating circumstances. But if everything's good, just be cordial. It's easy. It's really easy. And if you can't do it. I was at a school the other day uh, recruiting. I couldn't find find the office to save my life. I was walking around the school for 20 minutes. Girl I used to, um, well, like, not date, but, like, talk to, was there. But she hated me. So I can't call her and, you know, see what her office is. But I could have saved myself 15 minutes. Why does she hate you, Demonte? I don't know. She she don't like me, but that's what I'm saying. Just be cordial. Just be Put it cordial. like this, y'all. And if you need help with this, watch how I met your mother. Robin, Ted, Barney, <coughs> they all figured it out. You can too. So yeah, that's my little two cents. All right, moving on. To, um, your favorite topic your Spotify wrapped your Apple Music replay what does it say about you before we get into that I think we both need to say our top 5 artists and our top 5 I'm not five saying songs. my top 5 you have to I'm not doing it you have to I'm not saying my top 5 no I, no I don't why would you not say your top 5 Mm-mm. we have to do this you gotta do Top five artists and top songs. Nope. Come on. Why, why are you I'm not? I'm skipping number two. Sure, that's fine. 
Do you want me to do mine yeah, first? Say it's top five. I say mine. Can I just pull mine up? That's what I was doing. So my first is, you know, the infamous Drake. Two, we got Future. Three, Lil Baby. Four, Gunna. Five, most people would not have guessed this, but it is Kodak Black. I would have guessed it because you just like. I like what? Yeah, that's what I thought. Top songs, Girls on Girls by Drake. Two, Wait for You. Future. Three, Young Thug Faces. Um, four, What Happened to Virgil. Five, Back to the Basics. So, that's my top five. My top five on each. All right. Um, I'm skipping two, like I said. Two is redacted. Uh, I'm waiting on it to load. But I know. Here we go. Oh, we, you know you're number one, though. Mm-hmm. Top artist was Drake. Um. Second artist, um, redacted. He'd be wearing masks and talking real crazy about you know certain groups of people now. So I'm not <laughs> that. I get, I went through a weird late registration phase. I I just I fell back in love with the album. I'm sorry. I don't know. There's no real, there's no real way to justify that, but um, yeah, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, number three, J. Cole for the weekend, for the weekend. Oh, I, I didn't I was expect that. At that one. And then uh, five, Future, followed by Wale and Jay Z. Um, here's what I think. Here's what I think about the about the whole Drake situation because this is. I'm going to get out in front of this before Byron gets a chance to talk about it. <laughs> Is he my favorite artist? No, he's one of my favorites, though. He's one of my favorites. So, for him to drop three albums in the span of about a year and a half, is that fair? Sure. year and a half? Because I think the... Uh, when did... CLB dropped around, I want to say September. Okay, so CLB dropped in September. We get three albums, one of which hot garbage, but I still listen to it. Um, Got some bangers on there, bro. That that just generates a lot of a lot of listening because he's one of my favorite artists, and he's dropping a lot. So that's I don't I don't feel like me listening to him that much this year because I that re- I listened to a lot of music this year just because I was on the road doing the recruiting stuff. Um, on bus rides to middle of nowhere in Kansas, so I listened to about three days worth of Drake this year. And when I saw when I saw how many how many minutes I listened to Drake, I wanted to throw up. I physically wanted to throw up <laughs> because I already knew what what kind of criticism were coming. That's not that ain't got nothing to do with Drake. That has more to do with with me. Um. But yeah, man, I, I think I should I should beat the allegations just on the fact that he dropped three albums in a year and a half, and I just I listened to them because they were they were two of them were great albums. One of them, like I said, uh, garbage truck juice. But yeah, that's so that's the, my justification. So, Damani, in if this is a one-off situation, that argument works fine, and I would I would have no problem with hey Drake has dropped three albums in a year and a half. I was like, Damani, you're right. He has been your number one artist the past three years. Two. 
No. Two. It's three. It is no, three. I promise it's three. Also, he it's only dropped two. one album last year, and that was at the end of the year. And J. Cole also dropped the same year. So why was J. Cole not number one when you say J. Cole is the best of our generation? This does not he make had the sense. Num- but he had Cole had the number one song on my thing. The only the difference is Cole's album was ten songs. Drake's album was twenty. And Cole's dropped like three months before Drake's. So you still found a way to let Drake surpass him. Right or wrong? But who who featured more over the course of the year? Who dropped more songs over the course of the year? Was it J. Cole or was it Drake? J. Cole was featuring a whole bunch that year. That's when he was on his feature run. No, Drake was chilling, bro. No, uh, -uh. no, we're not doing that. He dropped a ten-song album. Close was my number one played song. I don't know why. Over the course of the year, and I still don't know why that was your number one played song. That made no sense. How many times did you listen to that this year? I bet it was zero. I've not heard that song. That song. I listen to that song a bunch. I still listen to that album a bunch. There's no reason to listen to that album, man. It's better music out. It was just hate. Hate if you want to. Hate if you want to. That album was fire. But, like I said, it was just frequency of drops and just song totals. That's all it was. I said, we get, we're in getting September. into too much of the specifics. We're getting into too much of the specifics. One, do you care? Because there's a lot. I see a lot of posts that say, you know, don't nobody care about your Spotify rap. Don't nobody care about your Apple Music replay. Personally, I want to see it. I judge I people off of it. I yeah, that's what judge people. That's I think the type of music listener that you are is going to come through in that wrapped replay one way or another. Because I think at a certain at a certain level you can fake it, but you're listening over the course of the year, you're not going to be able to fake that. I agree. Edmond, you also lied. He dropped twelve songs on off season. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Twelve. Thank you. But yeah, based based on your music taste, I can tell if I want to be your friend or not. And it may I sound. I ain't gonna go that far. And it may sound judgmental. It may <clears throat> sound shallow. If you are listening to only, I'm thinking, what's something out there? That if you are listening to only country music, I don't want to be your friend. I know for a fact I don't want to be your friend for the most part. Because if you can't, see, I'm not gonna go that far. I just need to know. I just need to know if your music taste sucks. I'm still gonna be your friend, but I just need nope. to know if it sucks. So when people are saying, "Hey, bro, who gonna who gonna get this aux cord?" I can be not him. Nope. Nope. Not because gonna be him. Your music shapes who you are as a person, right or wrong. Somewhat, but not really. Demond, if you are only listening to country music, I don't know what I have in common with you. You could have a bunch of stuff in common with them. That's the like what? That's Other than sports, what else do we have in common? We you could have similar like viewpoints. Huh? Not likely. Not likely. We likely do not have the same viewpoints. You could if have you similar viewpoints. Only... It's not likely. Okay, but I mean, if we're talking about just law-related stuff, you could have somebody at the firm that practices the same type of law that you do that listens to country music just because of where they come from that are good people um i never the said they weren't good people. As you i never said they weren't good people okay but i'm saying have the same sense of humor as you i'm saying good people in relation to like friendship there are people that are i'd say good people but are annoying 
You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be annoying if you listen to country music. There are people sound that like you're listen defending to the same someone, type of music. You sound like you're defending someone that does not have the same type of music taste as you. And I don't know who it is. I'm not defending anyone. I'm saying that I have... There are, there are people in my life that have very different music tastes than me. Do your mom and your daddy listen to the same type of music you do? That's different. They're part of a different generation. I bet that... that, that Put it like this. If we look at our group chat, the person I have the most conflict with in our group chat, I probably have, our music tastes are probably the most different. And I believe that is Chase. Chase like all that hard Memphis rap. I hate Memphis rap. I hate Memphis rap with almost hold, a passion at hold, this point. Hold on, hold on. Just one second. So you have less in common with Chase than you do the guy that... We we jumped in his truck. He was listening to like Brad Paisley or something. Like he was actually he was playing that voluntarily. You have less in common with him than you do with that one. Colton be listening because to Drake. Colton, I know, but Colton listened to old stuff like me. You don't like the old stuff. Uh, he listened to Drake. He listened to country. He listened to Drake. Neither one of us like. He listened to Drake. What are you talking about? He listened to Drake. Chase Drake? is Chase, Chase listening to Drake. Nope. Chase is the only person in the group chat that consistently hates on Drake, right or wrong. Every single thing he drops. Chase is the number one hater. Chase, Chase is the number one hater on a bunch of stuff. Y'all, nope. y'all have that in common. Y'all have that in common. If y'all hate somebody, y'all are going to stay consistent on hating them. That that you and Chase have, have in common very much. Damani, Chase hated on her loss some kind of way. Everybody else saying, no, this is a good album. Chase like, no, nah, bro, this is trash. Right or wrong? He's a he Drake did, hater. But he is a Drake hater, and I have the most conflict with him in our group chat. Right or wrong? Do you think? Can you answer that? Can you answer, I know that the, y'all don't care about this. This is just me. This is me doing therapy on air. This is minute fifty-four. If you've made it this long, we love you, and we appreciate you. Do you think Ch- you and Chase have hating in common? Even though you don't hate, you hate on opposite ends of the spectrum. Do you think you and Chase have hating in common? Yeah, I'm, I think a you do. I'm a hater. I don't no, think I'll answer the question. Do you think you and Chase have hating in common? I think we hate differently, though. I think I y'all hate, hate different people the exact same way. I No, I hate typically with still facts behind it. Chase hates with bias. Like, he, he, like typically, I know when I'm out of pocket with my hate. Chase is blind to his. Like you can okay, point I'll, to, I'll give you awareness, but no facts. You don't have the facts for Chris Paul. You just hate. I him. do. I do. I can bring up facts to show Chris Paul is not a great player, and he's a dirty player. My main okay. issue. My main issue with What's Chris Paul. What's the fact is, that says that wait, Chris wait, wait, Paul wait. is not a great basketball player? Wait, wait. My main thing with Chris Paul is that he's dirty, and now at this point of his career, as he's gotten older, he's no longer good. That's all I'm saying. I I can't hate when Prime CP3 was out here dropping eighteen and ten a game. That's not Chris Paul now, and I and I can see that. And so, since I can see Chris Paul, he's on the decline. He's probably two years removed from being out the league. I'm gonna hate because I can get it off now. Right. It's, it's like you can't hate on Prime Shaq, but you can hate on Shaq when he was in Cleveland. It's easy to do. And that's all I'm saying. How do we get all the way here from Apple Music Replay? How do we get here? So yeah, back to it. What does your Apple Replay say about you as a person, Damani? I think it just says, like, what type of music that you listen to. And I think, yeah, does it have possibly something to do with your personality? You know, if you're listening to, I'm sure that, I think similar minds are just 
similar in certain regards. I think the J. Cole listeners are probably similar in certain regards. People that got Drake as their top artist are probably similar in certain regards. Like you and, oh, I don't know, like freshman college girls. Y'all probably have a lot in common because Drake is your number one. Um, um, Damani, Drake is your number one. Drake is your number one. Can I can I finish? Go I ahead. was just talking. But you I can't. Just don't don't just say me. Say you and me. That's all no. I'm saying. We no, both I'm got saying, Drake as no. our number one. I'm saying as as your favorites, as your favorites. Not Damani, you listen to Drake time, for seventy two. No, you said three days. Yeah, that's seventy two hours, right? Yeah, and I'm just I'm, right, I'm just, just saying sure. that making sure. That Guys like you that have Drake as your favorite artist, y'all, you know, decorate your rooms and and do all that other stuff. But that's that's neither here nor there. But I think it's something that's very. Put it to you this way: I think it says a little about you. I don't think it says a lot about you. Because I'm sure that there are J Cole fans that I would not like being around for more than five minutes, and there are guys that only listen to country music that you know I, I'd be I'd be real cool with so I think are, it just says a little about you I don't think it says a bunch are you cognizant of what you listen to knowing that you have this coming out at the end of the year you asked this because I already answered yes I was cognizant of it I tried to stop my Drake listening because I knew that you know this was coming up at the end but hey her loss Hey, bro, I'll be trying to make sure Drake my number one on mine. You see? You see what I'm talking about? Like, that's... I got to make sure. That's a Drake fan for you right there. Every last three months of the year, I'm playing Nothing Was The Same, Take Care, Her Loss. Honest, I'm... <laughs> it's going to be 75% Drake, then I'll mix in a little bit of here and there. TLB. Sick. But, yeah. You got to do better, bro. If you're going to continue the Drake slander throughout the year saying he's not the best, he's not the GOAT, don't have him as your number one next year, all I got to say. How is it slandering him to say he's not the GOAT? He's one of my favorite artists. He's the GOAT. I bro. love Drake. Love Drake. Look not, at the stats. Not, not ashamed to say that. Who got more hits than the Beatles? Only Drake. Jay-Z can't say that. Who's the, be- who's the best rapper of all time? Drake. It's, it's Jay-Z. I disagree. What are you basing Jay-Z. it on? If I, if I pull up the stats, Drake got him. Because I'm a purist. Hey, bro, you can be a purist all you want. Pete Maravich was a purist basketball player back in the day, but he's not better than LeBron James. That's has all anybody I'm saying. Out, has anybody outsold Drake? Nope. You sure? Because the last time the- we looked, somebody had. When? You're talking about Eminem? No. That's I'm the only talking, one. Yeah. Eminem, sure. Okay, so Eminem the best ever. You can say that, and I have no problem. No, with no, people no, say, no, 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 no. I have no you problem. Just wait, wait. I have no, no, no problem no, no. with you people saying it. Eminem is better because no, he got no, no, the numbers no, no. to you prove just it. Said, you just said if it's an Eminem fan, Drake sure. was the best. Did you or did you not? Yeah. You said Drake was the best. I say Drake is the best. I okay, got numbers. So to Eminem has better numbers than Eminem is the best. If an Eminem fan said that to me, sure. But you're not an Eminem no, fan. No, 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 no. You're not saying you're, No, you're, you're not, not an Eminem being fan. consistent. If the numbers are what matters, say Eminem is the best. I have a way to say Eminem is not the best, though. You said the numbers are what matter. You know I'm not even going to do it. Eminem's numbers are wrong, though. Because he was came up in the generation of actual, like, disc sales 
which is easier to achieve rather than streams because you have to have like 20,000 streams equal one album sale, which is insane. It may not be that exact number, but the number the number disparity is it's just definitely not that number. It's not that number, but it's just crazy amount to where if Drake was still doing album sales, he better than Eminem by a landslide. And so I have context to prove mine. You just over here going off pure gut and em- emotion saying, and bias to say Jay-Z is better than Drake. I don't think he might can say that. It's not bias. Jay-Z is the purest Especially form in the of South. what a rapper is. Especially like in the South. For you to say that in the South is blasphemous. Lil Wayne's better than Drake, too. J. Cole's better than Drake. There are multiple rappers that are better. There's a lot of rappers that are better than Drake hey, from bro. a lyrical perspective. Now, Drake is an exceptional rapper. Find me, first and find foremost, me a he's, really, he's really good as J. a rapper. Cole's he does other things, and his production be be crazy. So there's there's a bunch of positives to Drake. If we're talking ability to rap, Jay-Z is number one all time. And he's up there with... A lot of other people. Here's here's something that's gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this. MF Doom is a drastically better rapper than Drake is. Yet to hear a R.I.P. Huh? I've yet to hear a song. Yeah, that's because you don't listen to real rap though. I'm gonna send no, you bro. Some, I'm gonna send you some I'm not I'm gonna listen to it. I promise I'm not gonna listen to it tomorrow. Yeah, you? because like I said, you are you know, you're a Drake listener. That's you the type type of dude, you know, if you got two things in your hands, you're going to close the refrigerator with your hips. And that's... Nope. I, that's I typical. just prefer lyrics and I appreciate how something sonically sounds. Y'all just be on here listening to anything and anybody, no matter sonically what it sounds, sounds like. Sonically sounds is redundant. No, but I'm talking about the... Sonically, you know what I mean. If it doesn't sound mm-hmm. good, I don't want to hear it. And that's a problem. People can just be talking about anything, but if, if it got bars in it, you, you fine with it. And that's not me. I need the mixing. I need this. I need that. But if, even when we look at lyrics, J. Cole ain't been in his bag lately. I'm just here to that's say That's not it. even remotely true. He not mm-hmm. in his bag like he was on Born Center. He not in his bag like he was on 2014. He not in his bag like he was on Sideline Story. That's not him anymore. And I'm here to say that. I know we over I know we over an hour, but I'm here to say he's not in that bag anymore. I still treat a ride through the hood like a hike through the woods. Got a stick that I take with me. I still treat a ride I still treat a ride through the hood Jemani. like a hike through the woods. He's not living Got like that no more. That I, take with me. I, pre- no, I appreciate no, 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 no. realness. <clears throat> I appreciate realness. He's not doing that no more. And I think that's I think I can feel that in his bars now. It's not it's not true. Back then he was rapping about what he was going through. And you can feel the realness in it. You don't feel that no more. Maybe that's my I problem still with J. Treat Cole. I ride through the hood like a hike through the woods. Got a stick that I take with me. Don't don't ever say mm-mm. You would you post no. that as an Instagram caption? I wouldn't post it. Because I I'm not that's like that's that. all I'm, but I'm saying. saying no, that's, if I can't post that as an Instagram caption, it ain't a bar. That that verse that verse on stick that was the verse of 2022. Nothing Drake did. That was the verse of 2022. Bro, we've been out here too long. That's if nothing else, remember that I still treat a ride through the hood 
like a hike through the woods, got a stick that I take with me. What's that even mean? Like a hiking, like a hiking stick. But you saying the song is called Stick? You see how that's not really that great of a bar. He get bro. the last verse on it. He get the last verse on the Dreamville mixtape. He says, "I still treat a ride through the hood like a hike through the woods." It's a double entendre on the word "stick," the euphemism for a firearm, and the actual walking stick. It's beautiful. Man, Drake double entendre about Meg Thee Stallion was better than that. Stop it! Stop it! We need to get out of here. Uh, we appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Um, leave a like. Leave a comment. Subscribe so you don't miss anything. Uh, my dog KT is playing us out. His new song is out on Apple Music. I just downloaded it the other day. Uh, y'all need to go get it. Shop by Show Thief. Uh, you can get... Yeah, the single is called, it's called Shop. Y'all need to go get that. Make sure y'all go check that out. Drop your little... Apple replay, Spotify rap in the comments and let us know what you think. Appreciate y'all. Out of here. Peace. you shoot, I still talk. When you make it through the struggle in the pain, do you get your umbrella off the chance that it might rain? I still talk. When I see my people going through it, I put the blame on me. And I see my homie lose his mind, but I gave him his first taste of lean. I ain't gonna lie, that really hurt me. But I had to close the curtains. And one thing I learned on Lion King is everybody gotta eat. Never tell a party, let me get a whole piece. And all the homie can't get that from me. You play football, you gotta fight through. She's supposed to see you on the TV. And I said, that's true, and I'm gonna do it. But I really gotta make something happen. And I probably could have asked my family for something. But instead, I started hitting leaks with that. I ain't gonna lie, that turned me to a savage. Really living life like a bandit. And then Murph told me, keep your head on, man. Don't do nothing reckless. But now I'm older now. I'm a grown man. Go to church every Sunday. I'm a praying man. You ain't gonna never see me fall. I'm always standing. One thing I do is stick to the plan. When you make it through the struggle.